Hello, real life family and friends. And it's so good to be with you again today. And uh, last week we just had a great Easter. It was great to see a lot of people coming to church. It was great to share that message uh, with so many people. And uh, we are still looking forward to the resurrection power of God to flow in us and through us, even in more increasingly powerful ways in the days ahead. And today I want to continue kind of with that thought a little bit about Jesus after he resurrected from the dead. Uh, the Bible says that he actually appeared over the course of 40 days. And I want to read um, a little bit about that. What happened after the resurrection? So in Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So Jesus, after his resurrection, and he went into the heavenly um, throne room of God and he sprinkled his blood seven times to complete and perfectly finish our atonement for all of our sin, all of our hurt, all of our wounds, our body, soul, and spirit. After he did all of that work, he actually came back to earth over the course of 40 days and spent time, had different times with his disciples appearing to them. And when he did, he was teaching them about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. What was this all about? What was Jesus sharing with them now uh, in his resurrected form that he needed to impress upon his disciples before he ascended into heaven? So, of course, Jesus was teaching them in his resurrected body. And, uh, and then after 40 days, the Bible tells us that he ascended into heaven and he is seated now at the right hand of God the Father. But the message that he was sharing was about the kingdom of God. And so today I want to talk about uh, or start a couple of uh, messages entitled The Ways of the Kingdom. Because what was this all about? What was Jesus coming to, to talk about? In fact, when he came back in his resurrected form, what was going to be different now, now that Jesus had finished his work to save us and redeem us from sin? What was going to be different for his disciples? What would, what's going to be different for us today when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior by faith? What's different? What's new? How is life going to be different for, for us? And that's what Jesus was teaching them. The kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom of God is all about the rule and reign of God. And Jesus was teaching them that the old kingdom of darkness and, and the dominion of sin and death has now met its match. And there is a new option, right? The new kingdom of God is available now because of what Jesus did for you and for me. Now, instead of sin reigning, instead of Satan ruling, instead of death having control over us, now Jesus made a way for us to enter into a different kingdom, the kingdom of God this rule and reign of God, and it's going to be completely different than what we've been used to. So if you've recently been saved, or even if you've been saved for a long time, this message is about you and I realizing that it's not just about going to church. It's not just about, you know, having a prayer to God to be saved. It is about a completely different kingdom reality that we can live in the kingdom of God as opposed to stay in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of this world. So there's a big time leadership change in our lives when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. Here's a verse I want you to memorize. Colossians chapter 1 verses 13 to 14. 
says, For he, and he is Jesus, for Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So you see how the scriptures say we have been um, rescued out of this dominion or this kingdom of darkness, and we have been brought into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of love, into the kingdom of life. <clears throat> we are no longer under Satan's rule. We are no longer under sin's rule. We are no longer under death's rule. We have a new leader, a new ruler, a new king, and it is Jesus. Okay? So this changes everything. And when Jesus came back after his resurrection, he was teaching about the kingdom of God, about the rule and reign of God, about how everything is now being changed. For a believer, everything is now changing. Everything in our life, all new patterns, all new thinking, all new realities are changing because we have come out of a broken, dark, uh, death-spiraled kingdom, and we are now going to learn the ways of the kingdom of God, a different way to live, a different way to think, a different reality to experience, okay? And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. This is the message of Jesus, okay? This is the message of the church to people today that we can come out of a broken world. We can come into the kingdom of light and love and life. So we're going through a huge transformation, okay? Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do you see what that is talking about? You're not stuck in this kingdom of darkness anymore. Don't keep conforming your heart, your attitude, your ideas to the pattern of this world. We are no longer attached to this world. We're no longer under the world's power or influence. We are now in a different kingdom. We serve a different king. We have different uh, realities that we can experience. So the, the Romans 12, 2 goes on to say, instead of conforming, be transformed by renewing your mind or changing your mind. All right. So what is the way? I think it was a year ago or so. Uh, there was a Netflix series came out called The Mandalorian. And it was a Star Wars type of a series. And I watched it and I, I loved it. And one of the phrases in that uh, series often would be, uh, the Mandalorian, the guy, the Mandalorian would say, uh, uh, he would say, this is the way. And what, what they're talking about was there, there's a code or there's a way of the Mandalorian belief system or code of living or, uh, you know, the, what it means to be a Mandalorian. And throughout many different episodes, uh, it, the opportunity would come up where, you know, one of the Mandalorian, maybe to another person would say, this is the way. You know, and I, it just kind of reminds me of, of Jesus trying to teach us a different way. And what I want to talk about is what is the ways of the kingdom of God? Now, like, what do we believe? What's different? What does it mean to be a believer in a fallen, broken world? What does it mean to come out of that, out of that kingdom of darkness, out of that kingdom of pain, out of that kingdom of hopelessness, out of that kingdom of death and evil? Uh, what does it mean to come out of that and live a different way? Because Jesus himself said, I am the way, right? I am the truth. I am the life. And so what's different? How do we do this? How do we distinguish this? So there's four different things I want to share. And I'm only going to do one of them today. But these four different um, uh, realities as a believer in Jesus. Number one, 
we have a new identity, brand new identity. I'm going to talk about that today. We also have a new authority. We have a new power and we have a new purpose. And these things I want to talk about because this is the way of the kingdom of God to think this way, to believe this way, to act this way. So let's talk about today. What does it mean to have a new identity? Uh, what does that look like? Well, First of all, we're switching from an identity in a broken world where it is all about ego. It's all about self. Our identity is myself. How I feel, how I think, what I want, what I accomplish, where I find value, what I can do. And it's all about me. It's really kind of a self-independent pursuit of value and pleasure and purpose, and the priority system is me, myself, and I, right? <laughs> me, myself, and I. And so we know that very well because we've all grown up with that self-centered ego uh, as our identity. But we are now switching identities completely, a new identity, and our new identity, is instead of being selfish or ego-driven, it is now Christ. It's completely different. And we need to change our minds about some things. We need to uh, think differently about some things. And so our new identity is going from ego to Christ. Going from me being the center of my uh, value system and pleasure system to who Christ says that I am. And that's a huge transformation that we need to take. So it's a shift. And there's a couple different shifts I have in mind. One it's a shift from me striving and working hard and taking all the ownership for my life and success and everything. It's from this idea of striving and if it's going to be, a, it's up to me kind of idea, attitude, to trusting, to trusting in God, to trusting in Christ. And that's a huge shift for me. It's a huge shift for you. Um, Stop depending so much on myself and my own ingenuity, my own ideas, my own energy, my own efforts, and learning to trust in God. And in trusting in God, it's not a passive thing at all. It's just putting the, the pressure where it belongs. The pressure is on God. God doesn't want us to carry the weight of, of life. He wants us to follow Him and trust in Him. And so a, an aggressive, active faith is trusting in God, listening to God, and then walking out the steps that he shows us to do. And it's a totally different way of living life. That's one example of shifting uh, this identity. Another shift that I see that needs to happen is I need to, and you need to shift from focusing on my sin and focusing on righteousness through Christ. It's, a, it's an issue that I'm going to talk about today a little bit because most of us are constantly looking at ourselves and what we need to do, what we need to fix, what we need to stop doing, what we need to correct. And it's always, I'm the one that's got to make these changes. and I've got to figure this out and I've got to come up with the, the solution. But we got to shift from that because that's no longer um, the power source that we need to rely on. The power source we need to rely on is not ourself. It is Christ in us. It's the Holy Spirit in us. And so we shift from us striving to trusting in Him and to who He says that we are. Our righteousness is found in Him. And that allows us to change and become more like Him. Uh, and a third shift that I, I, I challenge you to, uh, to go through is from finding your value in what you do and through your own efforts or accomplishments and finding your value 
in who Christ is in you. And this is all identity stuff. This is all identity. And so let's talk about it. Uh, In Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, I just want to kind of set this tone with this. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So we are no longer slaves to the law of sin and death because of what Jesus did. He set us free from that. And the law of sin and death really is based on if I can live a righteous life, then I will earn life and, and, and goodness, right? But if I fail, if I sin, then the consequences of my sin is death. That's the law of sin and death. And it's all up to me to toe the line. It's all up to me uh, to live that kind of a life. But because of what Jesus did for us, and what I mentioned last week about his blood, the last two weeks of his complete and perfect atonement for us, then my righteousness is no longer based on me fulfilling the law, but is based on faith in him who has fulfilled the law. So I'm free from that and all that pressure and, and, and all that striving to try to earn my salvation. So the Bible goes on to say, For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, to take your place and my place. And and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And so Jesus became that sin offering to set us free from the law of sin and death so that we would no longer be under any condemnation and we could be made righteous in God through faith in Jesus and set free from that old system, that old kingdom. Now we are walking in the grace of God and in the love of God. So here's a couple of just simple verses that kind of reiterate that idea. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were, you once were far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You once were this, but now you are, the, you are, you are this instead. Ephesians 5.8 says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Colossians 1.21 and 22 says, Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior and your sin. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Okay, isn't that awesome? We are without blemish. We are holy in God's sight. There is no more accusation upon us. And 1 Peter 2.10 says, Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy mercy. So there's this incredible shift that's going on. When we place our faith in Christ, we once were one thing, but now we are something totally different. We have a different identity and a whole different set of realities that we get to walk into that sets us free, fills us with life, fills fills us with purpose and joy and power in Him. And I just want to challenge you this uh, one more time. A few weeks ago, Um, I made this journal available for us. It's called My Life Journal, and this particular volume is volume four. And in here are 10 different identity 
truths that I want you to study and meditate on. And I've given a scripture for each one. And if you'd like to take up this challenge, come on to the church, pick up one of these journals or, or stop by during the week and get one of these so that you can do what the Bible says and, and not conform to the old thinking patterns of this world, but to change your mind and be transformed by believing what God says is true about you. And so we take God's word and we meditate on it, we memorize it, and we, we literally change our old ways of thinking into the new way of who we are in Christ. And so here in this journal, these are the 10 different uh, topics that I cover in here. One, I am a child of God. I am qualified. I'm redeemed and forgiven. I'm blessed. I'm gifted. I'm saved. I'm reconciled. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I am a masterpiece and I am new. And you'll find a verse for each one of these statements in here that you can mem memorize and meditate on and let God change your mind so that you will know God's perfect will for your life. You'll be able to walk in to the newness of the kingdom of God and let God's peace and, and love rule and reign in your life and in your heart. No one else can change your mind except you. So when the Bible says, do not be conformed or don't conform any longer to the patterns of the old system, but be transformed by changing your mind, you, well, you're the only one that can do that. You're the only one that can do that. I can't do that for you, and no one else can do that for you. But if you take the time to take God's word and believe it, and let him change your way of viewing things and the way of thinking things, you will experience that transformation that he wants for you to have. And the kingdom of God will, will be more prominent in your life than the kingdom of this old world falling apart, right? So that's what this is all about. So let me talk to you about uh, a different way of looking at our identity uh, from the very core issue of who we are. So Jesus was having a conversation with a guy named Nicodemus, who was a teacher of the laws of the law. And in John chapter 3, verse 3 and verses 5 to 6, listen to what Jesus said. He says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And he goes on to say in verse 5 and 6, he's talking to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So what is Jesus saying here? Well, he's saying when we are born uh, through our mother, okay, in a natural way, and we become a baby, and you know, I know uh, one of our family members uh, at, at Real Life this past week just had their, their first baby, so we're celebrating with them. And when that baby is born, we're that's basically what Jesus is saying, you're being born of the water, right? You're born of the womb, uh, a mother's water breaks and a baby comes out and you're born, right? That's a natural birth. The problem is that that's not how you enter the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is spiritual. It's not natural, it's spiritual. So Jesus says, you need to be born. Yeah, you, God gives you life, but now you need to be born again, this time born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Our spirit needs to be reborn. Right? And so Jesus says that is done by trusting in him, by believing in him. So later in John, uh, that chapter, Jesus puts it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever will believe in him or trust in him would not perish, 
but have everlasting life. And he goes on to say, God didn't send his son, or he's talking about himself, right? God didn't send him his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so to be born again is to place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as your new king, to come out of the kingdom of darkness and, and Satan and sin and death. You have to have a different leader. You have to give the leadership of your life to Jesus as Lord. And that's called being born again. And you, when you do that, your spirit is immediately born again. You come alive. Your spirit comes alive. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, and when we were created, we were created in the image of God. Well, Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. The Bible says that um, God created man in his image, male and female. He created them, uh, and, they cre and he created us in his image. But later in Genesis chapter 5, after Adam and Eve had sinned, there's an interesting verse in chapter 5, verse 3. It says, when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness. It doesn't say in God's likeness. It says his son was in Adam's likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. And so we have this, this, uh, this issue where Adam and Eve are created in the image of God without sin. But when Adam and Eve sinned, everybody since then was born into sin, into a broken world, into a, a, a system called the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of darkness. We were all born into that kingdom. And to be rescued out of that kingdom, we need to be born again. We need to be born of the Spirit by placing our faith in Jesus. So this is how the Bible says that in Romans chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. It says, for if by the trespass of the one man, and the one man being referred to here is Adam, okay? The father of all sin. Let's put it that way. He's the originator of it, right? Well, the, the, the devil is the originator of sin, but Adam was the first, you know, first human being to do that. So if by the trespass of Adam, death reigned through that man, which it has indeed, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, and it's not here, but it's implied through Jesus Christ, okay? Who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness. Remember, righteousness is a gift from God. It's not earned or deserved. How much more will they who receive God's grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So there is a comparison here. We have Adam, sinner, spiraling us down into a, a spiral of death and brokenness and evil and death rule and reign under Adam. Okay, Or through the one man, Jesus Christ, everything can spiral out of death up into life. In fact, up into eternal life through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, how much more if the sin of this one man brought death Will the righteousness of the one man, the Son of God, the King of glory, overcome that, swallow up that kingdom, and give us life? And it says, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that you will reign in life through Him. Not through yourself, but through Him and what He has done for you and for me. It goes on to say, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one act of right of one righteous act resulted in the justification in life for all people. Again, 
Adam's sin brought condemnation. Jesus' perfect sacrifice brought righteousness to us and life. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. So which kingdom do you want to belong to? The kingdom of sin and death and brokenness or the kingdom of God brought to us through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So here's another way of looking at it. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this really is talking about the, the time when our bodies will actually be resurrected. Okay, but I want to make an analogy I think you'll see as I go through this. So in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 45 to 57, it says this, So it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, which is talking about Jesus, a life-giving spirit. So you have a living being, you have life-giving spirit, okay? The spiritual did not come first, which was Jesus, but the natural, which was Adam. And after that, the spiritual. The first man, Adam, was of the dust of the earth. The second man, Jesus, is of heaven. Adam is natural. Jesus is spiritual. Adam is of the earth. Jesus is of heaven. All right? That's what it's saying here in verse 48. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. Me. I was born under Adam. So I bore the same likeness of Adam. I am dying too. My sin, uh, you know, was a, a part of my existence too. So are you. We are born under the image of Adam here. Right? Broken. Filled with sin. And as is the heavenly man, Jesus so also are those who are of heaven. So when I switch over to Jesus, just like I bore the image of my earthly father of Adam, and I bore the image of sin and pain and brokenness and alienation from God and death, so when I switch to Jesus, will I bear the image of my new leader, my new lineage, my new king, Jesus. And I will bear the image of life and eternal life and hope and, and promise and healing and freedom. You see what's going on here? So this is bigger than just a physical resurrection. This is really talking about the big process that we're all going through of changing from one kingdom to another. So in, in verse 49 it says, And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It sounds a lot like what Jesus just said. Right? You cannot inherit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. If you're just born of the water, you need to be born again. You need to be born of the Spirit. And so, so it says, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. And now we're going to talk about the resurrection. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus swallows up that old 
death in that old kingdom. And that's why Jesus says you must be born again. You got to switch. You got to switch over. And that is so awesome. And it's time definitely to let Jesus rule and reign and the kingdom of God rule and reign in your body, your soul, and your spirit, right? So Romans chapter 6 says this, verses 1 to 14. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So what's this talking about? I don't know if you've been baptized before or not, but the Christian um, understanding of baptism, and in our church we are doing baptisms this Sunday, there are going to be 10 different people that get baptized and they're going to go under the water. When you go under the water, that represents like a watery grave, but what's being left in that grave is the old sinful nature that we were born into. And that's why the Bible says, don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death, that we died to something. Something died when we crossed over from this kingdom of brokenness into this kingdom of light. What died? Our identity of sin, our ego, our self-centeredness. That's what's dead. That's what's in the water. The body of sin that we were born into is gone. And when we come out of that water and when those guys get baptized today and they come up out of that water, they are a new creation. Right? They, they're, they are born again spiritually, and the old sinful nature is dead. Now, it doesn't mean they're perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But the concept is that that old body of sin does not rule or reign over me any longer. It's broken. And so the Bible goes on to say that we need to consider ourselves dead to that, because that's not who we are anymore. Do you see, this is a different identity now. We're coming out of that water. We are seeing ourselves as Christ and how, how Christ sees us. And we're going to learn to live a different life because we have a different identity. We are no longer that person over here, broken, angry, hurt, um, bitter, you know, failure, mistake, unwanted, unloved. That, that's not who we are anymore. That's, that's an old sinful mess you know, that we were born into and that other people helped create and it's just a mess. That's not who we are anymore. We have a new identity. All right. That's why I'm sharing this passage with you. It goes on to say, Paul's writing this and he says, um, <clears throat> we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. So we, we considered ourselves dead to that old man and we came up out of the water and, and through our faith in Christ, we are now a new person. We have experienced resurrection, resurrection of our spirit. We are no longer that, that old person anymore. Bible goes on to say this in verse 5, For if we have been united with Jesus in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. If we have died to ourselves then we will also experience this new life in him, a resurrection life based on his spirit in us, not our power, not our self, not our ego. So we have been raised to a new life. We have already tasted of the resurrection and our spirit man is born again and we will never experience death again. Our body will stop working someday if Jesus doesn't come home before that time, but we will not experience death because that body is not who we are. Our 
excuse me, our spirit is alive and will never experience death or separation from God again. It's, it's an amazing thing. Verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. This is a whole new life, a whole new reality for us. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And in the same way then, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is how we are to think. This is the way, right? This is the way of the kingdom. This is who you are. You are consider yourself dead to sin. That's not who you are anymore. That's not your identity anymore. We are now to consider ourselves dead to that and alive to God. Our focus is on who God is in us, who he says we are in him, not who we used to be. So verse 12 says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, right? And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Why? Because that's who we are now. That's our new self. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law. You are under grace. You're no longer over in this kingdom. You're in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I hope this is sinking in because it's such a huge transition for us. We, we are so used to measuring ourselves by our performances, measuring ourselves against other people. And we always fall short. We always could do better. There's always someone better than us. But that is not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is to count all of that dead and gone. That's not my identity anymore. I'm not in a comparison game. I'm not in a co competition game. I am who God says I am right now. And I am going to put my faith in him and trust in him that this is my new identity. It is now about Christ in me. It's not about me in me anymore. So Jesus uh, says it this way. In John 11:25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Isn't that awesome? And that's what I was talking about a few minutes ago. 1 John 5, 12 says, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And God is offering life to each and every one of us to cross over from that, that kingdom of death into the kingdom of life. And that's who he is. And this is for the whole person. As I've been mentioning the last couple of weeks, my spirit is born again to new life when I place my faith in Jesus. And my soul, my will, uh, my mind, my emotions, right? Those things are being transformed right now. What I think, what I want, how I feel is no longer how I'm supposed to be living my life. I'm supposed to let God change what I think. God change uh, my will to his will. And God changed how I feel about things so that my whole life is under a, a process of transformation from the old way of thinking and believing and doing to a new way found in Christ, which sets me free, fills me with abundant life, fills me with hope and health and peace, right? It's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different identity. So I want to share with you uh, in 
coming to the close here, three different truths as I try to summarize these ideas with you. Number one, I no longer see myself through the eyes of sin, but through the eyes of the Son of God. So I want to challenge you to don't look at yourself anymore through your failures, focusing on your sin, focusing on your mistakes, but focusing on the Son of God, who Jesus is, what he has accomplished on our behalf, and begin to receive the, the freedom that comes knowing that this is credited to your account. What Jesus has done is now credited to what you have done. That's your new identity. That's who you are now. Man, when we do that, and I want to put it this way, I will gravitate and you will gravitate toward how we see ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, right? I become my perceptions of myself. So if my perception of myself is a failure, I, my, I will just naturally gravitate towards um, you know, self-prophesying that I am a failure and become a failure. That's just what we do. But if I see myself through the eyes that God sees me, I gravitate towards that. And that's why it's so important for us to shift our focus from our sin, from our performance, to Jesus' righteousness, to Jesus' performance, to who I am now in Christ. And what God says and what the Bible says about who I am. That's because that's who we are and that's what we're going to become if we focus on that. If we focus on our sin and failures, we stay stuck to that. That becomes our identity. But that's not our identity anymore. All right, that's number, truth number one. Number two, um, I am no longer striving endlessly for God's approval or for God's acceptance because I am a child of God. Now, if I can walk in that truth, that that's part of my identity now, then I'm going to live with peace and confidence. And I can live loved every day. I can receive the love of God every day if I'm believing this truth that I already am a child of God, that I am completely forgiven of all my sin, that God smiles on me because Christ has cleansed me and now he sees his son's righteousness in me and I am accepted, I'm approved of, I am loved, I am, I'm favored by him. And if, and if I can walk in that, I'm going to be walking with confidence and peace and I'm going to be walking with a heart filled with God's love, not striving for it, not trying to protect it, not trying to earn it, not stressing myself out over, over every little thing in my life if, if I'm measuring up or not. So this is a really important truth too to embrace. that You are a child of God and you are forgiven of all your sins and God smiles on you and he loves you and you have the favor of God upon you. The third truth I want to share with you is this. My value and your value does not come from me and my efforts any longer. That's the old identity of myself. That's the ego. But now my value comes from who I am in Christ. That's where my value is. So if I can live into that truth, circumstances no longer define my success. My, I'm always a winner in Christ because if I'm believing this truth, my value is never going to come from what I accomplish or lack of value from what I don't accomplish, my value is always premium because of who Christ is in me and what he says I am. I'm his mastered possession, and so are you. You are his masterpiece, and so am I. All right, you can't get any better than that. 
Because that's how God wants us to see ourselves. That's how he wants us to live. When we live that way, when we think that way, we begin to walk in that direction. And God transforms us from the old to the new. When you're struggling with sin, the solution is not to focus on your behavior, on your sin, trying to correct it. But the, the solution is to focus on Jesus and what he has done for you and who he says you are in his eyes. It sounds counterproductive. Most people say, well, if I'm sinning, I need to work on that. I need to get busy. I got to try harder. I got to put things in, in place. But I would say it's, the sin is coming from an insecurity or a fear or an old identity issue. Because if your identity is in Christ, those things begin to fall away. Sin begins to be, take up less space in your life because more and more of Jesus is coming in. And so I think that the solution is to focus on Jesus, not on your, your self-efforts to get yourself all figured out and, and fixed, but to focus on who you are in Jesus now. And you will become who you, who you see yourself to be when you do that. It's, uh, it's just awesome. You may have been saying things in your, in your head or to yourself or hearing these from other people. I'm not good enough. I'm a hothead. I'm slow. I'm a klutz. I always mess things up. Maybe I'm terrible at relationships, or God's disappointed in me, or I'm disqualified, you know, for God to use me. Who am I? You know, who am I that God could do anything in my life? You know, I have nothing to offer. I'll just fail. You know, I'm hard-headed, whatever. All these kinds of things, those are all wrong identity statements. That is not who you are. Those things are not true anymore. If you are in Christ, that's no longer your identity. You need to stop saying those things. You need to stop focusing on those things. You need to start focusing on who Christ is and who he says you are in him. And you need to leave that stuff behind. As the scripture says, says you need to count yourself dead to that sin. Sin no longer is your master. You will not be ruled by those thoughts any longer. That is not who you are in Christ. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is what we need to do, is focus on Jesus. We need to put our eyes on him. Your identity does not come from your past decisions, mistakes, labels, what people have done to you, said about you, or said to you, what your family lineage has been, what trouble you have caused, or what things that you have accomplished or achieved. Your identity does not come from your GPA, from your titles, from your bank account balance, from your trophies. doesn't come from the kind of car you drive or the size of house that you live in or how far you can drive a golf ball, okay? Your, your identity does not come from your IQ, from the number of friends that you have on Facebook or the number of likes or followers you have on social media. Your identity does not come from what kind of sex you are or what clothes you wear or from the causes that you support or even the country that you live in. Your identity is in Christ. You are a child of God. You are fully forgiven, deeply loved, and you are highly favored. You're never going to be alone again. God is with you and he loves you and he smiles upon you. And he has a new experience for you to walk in, a new reality in the kingdom of God, where God is ruling and God is reigning in your thoughts, in your will, right? Even in your emotions, in your body, and in your spirit, you are now in the kingdom of God, where God rules, where God reigns, and you come alive. 
right? Where Jesus swallows up the death. He swallows up the brokenness. He swallows up that old identity and replaces it with who you really are in him. I just want to encourage you. Paul said it this way. I, ego, have been crucified with Christ in Galatians 2.20. And he says, I no longer live. It's no longer Paul or me or ego, but Christ in me. That's who I am now. That's my new identity. And he says, the life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this is the same challenge that, that you and I need to embrace today. That it's no longer ego who lives. It's no, no longer I who live. But it is Christ who is in me. And I need to discover more and more of what that means and who, who he is in me. Because that's going to show me who I am in him and in this life. So I hope this message is a blessing to you. I hope that you can see how much Christ has available for you. And this is the message of the kingdom of God. There is a way for you and for me to walk differently because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you just want to renew your commitment to Him, I want to ask you to cross over today with me in this prayer from the kingdom of, of brokenness and darkness into the kingdom of God. Jesus is the bridge. He's the way. He's the life. He is the way to God. He's the way for you to find new life and abundant life in Him. And just pray this prayer with me to receive Him by faith as your Lord and Savior so He can begin that transformation in you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this moment to be together in this space, to call on you with our hearts. And Lord, we need you and we desire you. And today we choose to make you the Lord of our lives. We surrender our hearts to you. I surrender my heart to you, God. I cross over from death to life by faith in you, Jesus, because I believe that you died and bled for my atonement, that I could have life again, that I could be born again, that I could be forgiven of all my sins, and I could have eternal life in and through you. So today I declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I'm all yours, God. Fill me with your spirit. So I have the power to live this new life. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. God bless you. I hope that you um, swing by. If you don't already have one of these, swing by the church. Pick up one of these journals. Begin to really work hard at transforming and changing your mind according to who God says you are. And in a few weeks, we're going to come out with another volume, volume five, which is the second part to the Who Am I uh, category. So in this one, there's 10. I'm going to have 10 more in the next volume just so we can continue to renew our minds so we can be who God's called us to be. All right. Well, let me pray a blessing on you uh, before I let you go. Okay. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. May you know who you are in him. And may that the light the light that's within you shine brighter and brighter for the rest of your days in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.